In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. A famous writer once said, Suddenly all my ancestors are behind me. Be still, they say. Watch and listen. You are the result of the love of thousands. Today we celebrate the Feast of All Saints Day, and for the first time, we are separating what is typically put together, which is both a Feast of All Saints and a memory of all of those that we have loved and see no longer. This year, we are celebrating All Saints Day in the morning and All Souls in the evening. These two different ways of celebrating focus on a little bit of a different perspective. Today, we celebrate all saints. Those are the saints that are kind of separate from us, those people who lived as models for us, who create an aspirational hope for what it means to be a Christian person. Tonight, we celebrate all souls. Those are all of the faithful departed. It is more personal. Those people we know, that we love, and we see no longer. And in those two festivals, different, we remember the people who came before us, those we knew and those we didn't know, those who perhaps we love and it still aches that they are missing, and those who have been held up by the church as examples for us, showing us the path forward. In both ways, we are reminded that community is critical. We are reminded that we are connected to one another, that we are made to be connected and in relationship with one another, and that that community is something that we cannot take for granted. That community is something that we have to give ourselves over to and help to build. Last week in our fall parish meeting, I told the quick story of tornado relief efforts here in Dallas and wanted to kind of remind those or maybe tell it again. We all remember just over you know, two weeks ago when the tornadoes hit this community, people were in need, and I bet many of you, like us, kind of did whatever we could that following day to help our friends who suffered some kind of loss. Some of our friends lost their whole entire house, and they needed to spend Monday packing up their house in order to get all of their stuff out before it rained because there was no way they could cover their roof and keep things dry. And so dozens of people descended on their house, spent the entire day packing up the entire house. It was an amazing amount of effort from these people who love them. But one of the things that we noticed halfway through the day was that there weren't people helping other people down the street. On their street, multiple houses were lost, and their house was swallowed up by 50 people helping pack it up, whereas other people's homes really didn't have anyone helping. And so people from that crew began to walk down the street and offer help to the neighbors who didn't have a lot of people who showed up, and multiple neighbors facing something huge, trees on their homes, declined that help. It was very interesting to me that there were people down the street who needed so much help, and yet their response to the people they didn't know was, we got it. We're okay. We'll take care of it. And it made me think that we are made for community, made for connection, and yet this world can teach us otherwise. If we are not careful, this world can actually teach us 
that we're supposed to strive for and aspire to be something totally different. I think if we're honest, this world tells us that we're supposed to be strong and independent and self-reliant, that we're supposed to seek security and predictability and success. And unfortunately for us, none of those things are part of God's economy. We are told to be a certain kind of person and that we will achieve the success that we're supposed to achieve. And yet what happens when we become too independent, too self-reliant, too invested in security, tornadoes can hit our house and we can decline any help. We can get so far off from what God calls us to be, what we are made to be, that we can find ourselves very alone. Today's gospel lesson may remind us of the Beatitudes. They are really the Beatitudes, but this is Luke's version, not the version we tend to put on the walls of our homes. Matthew's version tends to be the one that we like. Luke's version is a little harsher. Matthew's version is when he's up, Jesus is up on a mountain. Luke's version is when Jesus has come down the mountain onto a plain to tell people some of these truths. Luke's version says, Blessed are the poor, the hungry, and those who weep, those who are hated, and not in spirit. You may have been looking for that little turn of phrase there. It's not blessed are the poor in spirit in Luke's version. Blessed are the poor. Luke continues to twist the knife just a little bit. And he says, woe to the rich, to those who are full, to those who laugh. If you in this church, like me, are not made uncomfortable by this gospel reading, you are not paying attention. <clears throat> this reading is hard for us. This reading we read and we think, wait a minute, Jesus loves me. I am so lovable. Jesus must be speaking metaphorically. <clears throat> so we tend to like Matthew's version a little bit more, poor in spirit. Oh, I'm poor in spirit. Maybe I'm not actually like poor, poor, but poor in spirit. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. But no, Luke's version is not in spirit. Luke's version hits us in a hard way because if we're honest, most of us are not these things that are blessed. And most of us are these things that receive the woe. See, for us, most of us in this room, we have created a life priority that focuses on preventing discomfort. Ultimately, we really make the goal of most of what we do to keep life as easy as possible, as comfortable as possible, as secure as possible. And yet Jesus says that life priority gets things backwards. When we are focused on comfort, when we make decisions that prevents discomfort, we are in a pretty tangible way not actually following the path that Jesus lays out for us, not actually meeting Jesus with his gospel message. As I was thinking about that idea, I thought about last year when I was in London and I climbed to the top of St. Paul's Cathedral, to that dome in order to see the city from up high. Have you done that? 
It's a, it's a pretty daunting climb. It's, I looked it up because it felt like a lot of stairs, and it was 528 stairs. Now, that's not the tallest thing I've ever climbed, but that's enough to kind of feel it in your quads. So climbing up St. Paul's Cathedral, I wasn't terribly excited because my confession to you is I am pretty scared of heights. But people told me it's totally worth it. Go up there, see it from the top. London's beautiful. You should do it. So I said, okay. So because they encouraged me to do it, I went and I climbed and I climbed. And if you've ever done this, this is not built like we would build it now. This is an old building and the stairs are all really skinny and small and short and kind of they wrap around poles. This is not what makes someone afraid of heights comfortable. In addition to generally going higher than I like to go, the couple in front of me kept taking selfies the whole time and they would hop around and they would take a selfie here and they would take a selfie here. And I am in the background of some 2000 selfies somewhere. So as I'm trying to focus on not freaking out as I know I'm getting really high and they're hopping around and shaking the stairwell, every once in a while I would have this little glimpse through like a little porthole in the side of the dome knowing that I was getting a little higher and a little higher. And finally, I popped out in the top and the view was spectacular. I had just been down there on the city streets. I had just seen St. Paul's from one perspective, London from one perspective, and yet at the top, just minutes later, it looked totally different. You know, the Christian journey is kind of similar to climbing the dome at St. Paul's. We have had people come before us telling us, go that way, it's great. Go that way, follow that path, and it's really worthwhile. And yet, most of the time, following that path does not really feel comfortable. When we choose to follow the path of Christ, when we choose to follow the path the saints tell us about, we are not always comfortable every step of the way, yet we, in a sense, have faith that what those great people have told us is true. That at some point as we keep walking, as we keep climbing, we get these little glimpses that what we're doing is worth it. That our perspective is changing. And every once in a while, we get to pop out and actually see that the world around us looks different our actual perspective of the world has changed in a meaningful way so that we ourselves have changed. Today we baptize some beautiful children into the household of God. And if we're not careful, we use little moments like baptism to like check off a list, right? Into heaven, check. And that is not that is not what baptism is meant to be. Instead, baptism is the starting place. Baptism is the point at which we commit to raise these children in a particular way that is otherworldly, that is countercultural. I mean, if we are honest, we, all of us here in these pews, are part of a vast conspiracy to transform children. That is what. The Christian life is all about. And it's not just the children, it's each one of us. We are committed 
to doing something different than the world tells us to do, to being different people than the world calls us to be, and all because we have been given a vision, given hope, pulled along by thousands of people who have come before us and loved us and left us with that spirit of hope and faith. We, each one of us, are being called into a new life. And it's not a life that the world tells us that we should live. Listen once again to Jesus' words. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets and the saints, they may persecute you. This Jesus walk is not something that will make us comfortable, is not something that will make us feel secure. And yet, when we walk, when we climb, when we believe the saints who have come before us, and when we raise each other up, the way we see the world changes. And when our perspectives change, we change. Jesus is telling us to climb, even when the climb is scary. Jesus is telling us that the world may judge us harshly. And yet, when we follow the saints who have come before us, we will have these moments when we pop out and we see that the climb has been worth it all. In a different way, we know that we have been made new. And in that newness, we find that love is real and true. And that the love for one another that we share here is the most important thing of all. Happy All Saints Day. Amen. Amen.